Good day. Welcome in. It is the Bill Michael Show. I am Ben Kenny. Alongside me, Zach Heilprin. Bill is off today. He is off tomorrow. We're hanging out with you until 2 o'clock. What is he doing? He is in South Dakota. I don't know. You don't know what he's doing? Not like to the hour. No. Okay. All right. You don't have it. You don't have the detailed list. You don't have. I don't have Bill's itinerary. I imagine riding a motorcycle. I imagine uh, having some drinks. I imagine. But not. Lots of music. Not, not, not at the same and, time. And driving the motorcycle. I'm, I'm t- I mean, motorcycle rides during the day, drinking at night, music. I saw they were playing bags last night. So they got. Or is it cornhole? Depends on. I, I'm, I'm more of a bags guy, but uh, depends how you want to say it. I just. Yeah. I mean, it's a. It's a good vacation. I think there is a concert of some sort tonight. Okay. That is hence the day off tomorrow, maybe? I I don't know. Above my pay grade. I sit here, I talk. Significantly, then, actually. Yeah, that, way above. <laughs> I, I sit here, I talk, and then other people deal with that stuff. So we're talking Brewers today. Big two-game sweep of the Rays. They walk it off yesterday. A big walk-off win. Uh, we were talking about the alignment of the bullpen, whether you feel good about a Williams, Rogers, Bush, Boxberger, closer by committee with Williams going in whenever they need big timeouts. We were also talking about whether the corner feels turned a little bit. I'm hesitant, but I mean, it was, it's encouraging to see them win like they did on Tuesday, just in a very sleepy Brewers fashion. Okay. Offense. And then good enough pitching, good bullpen. There you go. It was very encouraging to see them come back in the way they did yesterday, especially given the struggles. Could be a, a, a momentum change with the day off today and the Cardinals to come up. Uh, it, am I way off saying that it, the way they win sometimes is sleepy and boring and, and sucks? Are you off? I think any, but I think Brewers fans, which you're not, will take any kind of win, whether it's sleepy, boring, doesn't really matter. Winning is winning. Is it more exciting to do it like you did last night? But yeah, do you think they would take an 11 nothing victory over uh, Tampa Bay more than a 4-3 walk-off victory? Yeah, of course they would. So Because that means you're playing good baseball. But they played good baseball the last two days. They were good defensively uh, both days. They, were, they got some good pitching out of the bullpen. They got some clutch hitting. I mean, all the runs they scored except for one on Tuesday was came with two outs. Then what they did in the ninth and 10th yesterday, those are – that's – I don't know if you're playing great baseball, but you're playing better baseball than you had been for that one in five stretch. Uh, I don't really think anybody cares how they win, uh, whether it's boring. Uh, you want it to be exciting because well, you're not a fan of the team well, and, you want, and you want to be able to talk about it the next day. When it comes to, I disagree with that. You don't? When it comes to reversing the course of struggles, I think a win like they had yesterday means more. I think 11, I think a win, 11 to nothing win would mean just as much. I something I think there is something to be said about a walk off and stealing a victory from the jaws of defeat when for the week previously it had happened the exact opposite direction. You were throwing away games when they were in the jaws of victory. Sure. But I mean beat the pants off a team that's in the race for wild card spot is okay too. That would work. You're right. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. So there's that. We'll take your thoughts on the Brewers throughout today. They're back in action against St. Louis tomorrow. The Packers, though, they have a game on Friday night against San Francisco. Believe it or not, I looked up the odds, and I, I'm i going to preview this so I give you time. I need a very detailed pick against the spread here once I outline what the spread is, Zach. Okay? Yep. They are two-and-a-half-point underdogs against the San Francisco 49ers, plus 120 on the money line. The over-under for the game is set at 33-and-a-half. Question one is, 
Uh, will you be turning on NFL Network at 7.30 tomorrow with a very interested eye or just a, ugh, it's the preseason kind of eye? And two, should we put our mortgage on Packers plus two and a half? Uh, I would not because I saw, the, first of all, I, yes, we will be watching. Second of all, I will not be betting any money on the Packers considering I saw the group of players that are not going to be playing tomorrow. And uh, that list includes pretty much every starter outside of some of the uh, some of the rookies and some of the offensive line. Like the starting offensive line, which they better hope is not the starting offensive line come <laughs> game one, is going to be out there. You're getting, uh, you know, get some Romeo Dobbs. You're going to get some Quay Walker. You're going to get some of Devontae Wyatt and all that good stuff. But Jordan Love. Jordan Love. A Jordan, a Jordan Love who apparently has, and I haven't been up there as I normally am this time of year, but has looked pretty darn good in practice when he can't get hit. Uh, what does it look like tomorrow? But the 49ers apparently going to be playing the starters in their, tomorrow. Trey Lance, yeah. So, I mean, the Packers backups versus San Francisco starters. Packers starters couldn't be the 49ers starters last year so uh the the backups are going to beat them i think that's asking a lot so i i would i would not be spending any money on the packers i would be anybody uh, i don't want to offend anybody here but i'm probably going to careful anybody that's puts money on a preseason game in in football i've got there's there's a gambling hotline that you probably need to uh call counterpoint it's the preseason for gamblers too yes but anybody's i shouldn't say maybe (laughs) not a lot of money like if you're putting a lot of money on these games that's I don't, I don't feel it's like overly uh smart like you're not betting on anything other than gosh i hope this hits like there's there's no there's no research there's like unless you're betting on the baltimore ravens to win the game because they apparently won 20 straight regular uh yeah. games like unless dynasty you're, unless you put money on that okay but the packers no no clue you know who else was always a juggernaut preseason coach uh, current or I guess future Big Ten head coach Chip Kelly dominant in the preseason and then he would bring his team to Green Bay in the regular season and get waxed weren't they like undefeated when they came to Green Bay though in the preseason what were they when they oh came it to was Green like Bay? six and one weren't they really good coming in they had a good record they hadn't played good teams and they just got the doors blown off them they played I feel like they had the offense on the field for about 12 minutes that game yeah because, it was hilarious well Eddie Lacy went nuts that was when the Packers were wearing those old uniforms with the, with the, they were, it was the monochromatic one color and the circle, those, those yeah. retro throwbacks. And I just remember Eddie Lacy probably going for 300 all purpose yards and being untackleable and Sammy biscuit, Sammy sleeves, Sam Bradford on the sideline for the entire game. Yeah. Maybe it was Mark Sanchez at that point. It Who was, knows? I don't know. It was hilarious because like, it was they, really funny. They, like Chip Kelly trying to run that speed up that Oregon had done and oh. When you do that in the NFL, your defense is just going to get worn down. Which they ended up, uh, they were. Yes. But at, at UCLA, interesting stuff. Maybe in a year, we'll talk about Chip Kelly, the Big Ten coach. Uh, the players you mentioned that will not be playing for the Packers on Friday, Matt Schneiderman had this as well as others, that he took a picture of a post-practice huddle. This is not confirmed by any means. There you go. But the ones in the huddle that seem to be, uh, y- you can try to connect dots here, but the picture posted not confirmed again, was Alan Lazard, Devondre Campbell, Kenny Clark, Mason Crosby, Sammy Watkins, Elton Jenkins, Randall Cobb, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Adrian Amos, Smith, Savage, Alexander, I pretty much uh, the whole defense, really. Uh, Gary, Stokes, Rasul Douglas, Lewis, Tunyon, Rogers, uh, Lowry, Bakhtiari, and Reed. So pretty much every 
every legitimate contributor, minus the rookies, especially those on defense and maybe on the offensive line if they end up, if Zach Tom gets up there, and then Jordan Love. So when it comes to whether I'm watching with a very excited eye or whether it's a, oh, it's the preseason kind of eye, maybe I just have football withdrawal here, but it kind of feels like we're going to learn a lot from this game and a lot more than we usually do. Not only because of Jordan Love. That's that's the, the king topic. We've talked about that forever. You know that. Maybe Dobbs as well. But mostly about the offensive line. Because if I talked about this earlier this week. If I had to pick one Achilles heel, if something goes wrong this season, why would it happen? Offensive line. First thing I point to with the health. So what does Zach Tom look like? Is it a Newman Hansen right side of the line? What does the alignment look like? How do they look? Can Tom actually come in and play as a rookie? I feel like we're going to learn a lot. I don't think we're going to, again, going against 49 our starters, when it's your starting offensive, right now, it's your starting offensive line. It could be, it could be tough. It could be tough. I think, I don't, I don't know how much you're going to learn about that. If, if, if they get torn up, are you just going to be like, oh my God, the, the Packers are in trouble. Like this, this is going to be, they're going to be really, really in trouble. If you, well, then, I think they're in trouble anyway. I don't. Because I, I, I know that a lot of people don't think Dave Bakhtiari is ever going to play again. I think there are some people out there that don't think he's ever going to play again. I'm not one of those people. And when you get both of those guys back, assuming they come back, and I think they will, him and Elton Jenkins, and you put those guys at tackle, or you move Elton Jenkins inside, whatever you want to do, however you're feeling, where you want to move uh, Yash, uh, uh, Nyman, where you want to put him, that offensive line is, is a top five unit in the league if those guys come back and are healthy. When and if, yes, I agree. So my, my problem comes because you don't believe them. No, even if they do come back and are healthy. Oh, then the, if they come back and they're healthy, there's no problem whatsoever. My problem still comes on the depth there. Oh, that's what, you're, but that's what we're talking about here. I'm talking about the starting unit. Those two guys back. Could it be an issue with the depth? Yes, because offensive linemen, especially in Green Bay, a lot of injuries. I think the depth at the inside spots, really, really, con- you know, at the guard spots, concerning because yeah. it's a bunch of young guys. Um. But if those guys come back, oh, I know. I'm not going to argue. That starting unit, top that starting five. unit, is, easy. Is, yes, I agree. And they've I, done. A, and they've done. A, I apologize. They've done a really good job of drafting too, like adding uh, depth to this. They John spe- Runyon. They spent John Runyon, noted Philly guy starter. Right. I mean, you have what they they believe. It appears Zach Tom is a guy that's going to be able to play for you at some point, perhaps early this year. Uh, Royce Newman. Second year, well, he was up and down his, his first year. Josh Myers, another guy that they spent a ton of stuff. They've spent a. This is why I'm not worried about the offensive line. They spent a ton of draft capital on that line, and I, I think it's you're gonna it's gonna come to fruition. It's gonna show itself this year. I don't know if it's gonna be great, but I think it's gonna be serviceable. I think that if the two tackles come back and are healthy, this is one of the best units in the NFL. And if they stay healthy throughout the year, the team is in terrific shape and probably wins the NFC. If something bad happens, though, and I know it, it sucks to put it this way, but the reason I'm excited to watch on Friday is because we're going to see Newman and Hanson and Tom out there and then Nyman at left tackle. But the inside guys with Runyon, Josh Myers, uh, and Newman, once he slides into right guard, I like them a lot. But behind them, I don't know who in the world, aside from Jake Hansen, the backups and Tom are Cole Van Lannan, which exactly goes to my point of if in the event something bad happens, which we've like, look at last year, 
They had injuries everywhere. And what was so impressive is they withstood all of them. Well, now Billy Turner's gone. Some of your other depth guys are gone. Lucas so Patrick, who's why, a starter. Yeah, why I'm excited to watch on Friday is because we're seeing the younger guys and the depth guys at those positions. And I know it's the first action we'll see in a game, but I just want to see whether they can play. I, I want to see the initial impressions. No, no wide-ranging you know, takeaways. See, but, but you're going to. You're going to overreact to it. It's what we do in the preseason. It's like, oh, my God. A no, guy, not. Oh, my God. A guy returned a punt for a touchdown. He's like the fourth guy in the depth chart at the uh, at the gunner spot. Like, I mean, like there's and, and we overreact to it. He's, he's going to make the team like, no, he's not. It's, it's you, you. The preseason is made for overreactions and you're going to overreact to what you see on Friday night. I guarantee it. It's 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 in our nature to overreact to it. It, it, it just is. I'm going to react to what Jordan Love does in either direction. If I see something great from Romeo Dobbs, I will overreact that way. The offensive line, I'm I'm, I'm going to reserve what I think because I know it will look different come week two or week three or week four whenever the guys come back. The, pr- the problem is it needs to be week one. <laughs> it does. Week one, I already think, I, I've said this, I think the Packers are going to lose week one. I think they're in trouble in week one. I think, it, the, I think the Vikings pass rush is going to be a problem. Plus, you think about last year when they laid the dud against the Saints. Like They are going to hit on all cylinders this year at some point, but all signs are pointing to week one not being that time, which might not be the worst thing. So yeah, It is the worst thing. It's, losing to the Saints in week one is one thing. It's an out-of-division out opponent. It's not really good. You know, it is what it is. It's, it's not going to make or break your season. And losing the Vikings isn't going to make or break your season, but it already puts you in a hole. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I uh, Maybe I'm just, my expectations for that week are already low, especially given the tackle spots that I just, I season-wide expectation. I think if, if they don't if they don't win the NFC North, if something goes wrong, a lot more will be wrong with what, go, with what happens than, say, Rodgers not playing the preseason or them losing week one. And I also say this, I think the defense is going to get after Kirk Cousins. Like, they, it, it may not be the shootout that it was last year. I thought he was surrounded by plexiglass. I don't get it. Was that only last year? What do you mean? I, I'll tell you off air. Okay, please do. I don't. I, that that one flies over my head. Ugh. But like, it may not be the shootout that everyone that that we saw in that stadium last year, where it was just back and forth and back and forth. Like the the, the Packers defense and the way they're able to get after the quarterback. I think. I, I assume. It's going to be, I think both quarterbacks are going to be under duress much of the day. Well, also those two explosive passing targets the Packers had in that game, MVS and Devontae, are no longer in Green Bay. And unfortunately for Green Bay, uh, Minnesota's are still there. <laughs> yes, very much so. And maybe Irv Smith even, that young tight end, the athletic guy, maybe he's healthy by then. Maybe. We'll see. Who knows? 877-867-1670. What do you think about Friday? Where are the overreactions going to fall? How do you feel about the offensive line? We'll talk more about that as we move forward. There was also a player release yesterday. We mentioned it on the show, but I have to tie in another team in this state with the news. I'll tell you what that is when we come back. It's Ben Kenny and Zach Heilprin in for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. It's the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. He's Zach Heilprin. Hanging out with you today and tomorrow as well. 
867-1670. Have a tweet here. It says, at Ben Z. Kenny on Twitter, by the way, I will overreact if Mason Crosby shows any indication of inconsistency or if the long snapper slash holder shows issues. I also don't want to see any field uh, goal punts or punt and kick returns, field goal blocks or punt and kick returns over 20 yards, basically the entire special teams unit. What a transition. Thank you. Unfortunately, no Mason Crosby tomorrow. Also, they just cut their long snapper. They had two of them, so yes, now they have one. The guy who was re- the guy who was in the middle of uh, all the mess last year, Steve Ortel. Yes, DUN. So I put this. I, I had this thought earlier. Now we're talking about baseball movies earlier with Field of Dreams, uh, the game happening tonight, and everyone's top five baseball movie that no one really cares about. <sighs> Most I I wanted to shift this to football at least. When it comes to the long snapper position, maybe we could workshop how this movie could work. But you've seen Invincible, I assume, with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. I need somebody in Green Bay to go Vince Papali their way into the long snapper job on the Packers. Yeah. Where the the movie open like the, the entire script is already written. The movie, a, some local guy from Green Bay or gal goes and, and gets the long snapper job to try out. They're just amazing at snapping. Uh, and then the final scene of the movie is a playoff game against the 49ers, preferably at home. And then they're in that same end zone. But this time that long snapper blocks the nose guard bull rushing over him to block the punt. And then there you go. That is another hit movie. Uh, that'll do better than invincible because invincible. Yeah. It'll not- do better than invincible because it's happening in green Bay and, I mean, the Packers fans are more fervent and, and uh, fiery than Plus Eagles Invincible fans. isn't that great. And there's more of them, obviously, yeah. too. Um, Steve Wartell, yes. Uh, Packers legend. Steve Wartell. How hard? I mean, this this should not be that hard. This should not be that hard to find a long snapper and just just do it. Well, also, like, like, some of that was Mo Drayton. Where I, no, I don't. But, yeah, I don't care. But, like. Tasking a long snapper to block a dude who's 290 no, pounds. That's not even that. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the struggles in camp. Oh. Like, it, there should not be any issues whatsoever as a long snapper. There are people that dedicate their lives to it in college. There are people that dedicate their high school careers to it. There's people, there's dads out there that are just having their kids long snap because they think it's going to get them to the NFL because, like, it's the easiest, <laughs> it's the easiest way to get your kid to the NFL. Like, it's not necessarily anything physically that you have to do. It's just repetition and you know putting the effort into it and yet the Packers the last few years just haven't been able to to figure it out they drafted a guy they drafted a long snapper and and still that one didn't work out it I shouldn't think, be that hard yeah it, it really should not um I guess sitting here today I might be it, it might make me feel okay that the biggest problem on special teams as being reported is clearly the no long snapper. I don't think that's the biggest problem. We have no idea how they're going to cover kicks or how they're going to return kicks. We well, don't. We don't know that. They, were, they don't do live stuff at training camp. Well, they're going to have better players doing it. No, they're not. How do we know that? Because they brought in guys they that were formerly Basaccia Raider guys to do it. Two guys. All of a sudden, those guys are going to be different and make the entire special teams different. Oh, it's better than last year because last year they didn't cover anything. We don't know that. It and could the be, punter. It could be just as bad. That, that's also not to the mention. The punter was awesome in the preseason last year. But the punter last year during the season 
just could not angle a kick. Yes, but they say, bring in Pat O'Donnell to do that. Say Pat O'Donnell rips it up in the preseason. No, I don't care about this, the preseason. This is just so stupid. We're talking about punting in the preseason, especially in the preseason. <laughs> so, so, so stupid. But Packers football. But Corey Bohork was drilled. Like, he was awesome in the preseason last year. It's just, like, I'm not going to take anything from special teams in the preseason because a lot of the guys that are going to be doing these, these uh, uh, that are playing special teams are not actually going to be on the freaking team in two weeks. Yes, but overall, the biggest question on special teams in entering the season is the long snapper because they don't have one right now. Exactly. Yes. But it makes me feel okay that that is the biggest question compared to last year when the entire unit was the worst thing to ever exist. But we don't know if it's going to be any different than that. Like that's still a question. We don't know if they're going to cover kicks any better. We don't know if they're going to cover punts any better. I'm blindly confident. And I think and they Rich will. Passaccia. I get that. Rich Passaccia has instilled a different mindset there. That's for sure. But that doesn't guarantee anything. So the questions are still there until they actually do it. Well, the bar is so low that they can't be worse. <laughs> don't do eight, that. Seven, don't, seven, don't do that. Eight, six, you just seven, never know. 16, 70. Let's go back to the phones. Line one, you're on the Bill Michaels show. Who do we got? Hey, it's Rick. What's up, Rick? Um, we already we already have that story. I, it, this is from so long ago. It wasn't like easily researchable back then. But we got a kicker way back before you guys were born called Chester Markle and he like had the Zach, do you know who that is? He 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 I do I do name I do know the name but huh. I was yeah I was not alive I, I know Chester Markle because okay. I because I know because I know Packers history I know who Chester Markle is I don't well, I'm sorry you could probably, you, nowadays you can research it to see if I'm telling the truth of what I or if what I heard is true I heard he was a close to being an alcoholic bartender and we pulled him out onto the field that sounds and he like ended a up being like like for many many years he had the scoring record huh. for uh rick he, i have a question for you okay go for it can you long snap i cannot oh. plus i'm uh, I'll, I'll be 62 in december so i don't think uh i think the cheerleaders could run me over <laughs> Awesome. Uh, I appreciate the phone call, man. So, yeah, Chester, Mark- yeah. Chester Markle was a – he is in the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame. Oh, uh, Chester okay. Markle is. He's the, he was a kicker. Thank you. Uh, first two-time first-team All-Pro. His most famous, though, was catching a botched snap and running in for a touchdown against Chicago to win the game. Huh. If you look that up, it's hilarious. Is there a video? Yes. Is it in color? It is. He played in the 70s. Oh, I thought you were talking about a guy from, like, the 50s. No. Okay. Still before I was born, unfortunately. 877-867-1670. You want to call in and talk Packers, do it. Uh, if you are a long snapper, I urge you to try uh, find a tryout with the Packers. Find the job. I think back to, uh, do you remember John Dornboss, Zach? No. He he went on America's Got Talent and almost won it as a, a magician. Oh, yeah, the guy that, yeah, the long snapper yeah. for, for, the, for the Eagles. Who... He sent in tape to college. He went to Colorado, but in a recruiting video, he sent in tape to the college of his friend long snapping, and he had never touched a football before. Got a scholarship, taught himself how to do it, just mastered the craft, went crazy, and ended up, he played in the NFL for like 14 years, I think, 12 years. Chester Markle was a blocked kick. He, his kick got blocked. It went right back into his arms, and he ran in for a touchdown while wearing Coke bottle glasses. <laughs> so whose fault was that originally? Uh, I'm, I'm Maybe the long snapper. The special teams coach. <laughs> special teams coach, obviously, getting that kick blocked. Uh, did you see the story? 1980. Speaking of glasses, uh, 
Did you see the story today of Tony Jefferson, the Ravens, uh, I believe, safety? I did not see the story. So he tweeted out, uh, Tony Jefferson is a, what position does he play? Uh, Wide receiver? No, safety. Ravens safety. Yeah. Or cornerback. Someone in the secondary. Um, Whatever. Backup safety. He tweeted out earlier today, quote, I can't even lie. I stopped wearing my glasses years ago, and that might have been the dumbest thing I've done. I could see much clearer and further with my glasses. Now, it's wild. And Twitter had a field day <laughs> posting the meme of Patrick from SpongeBob in the very spinny room to Tony Jefferson in man coverage. Tony Jefferson in zone coverage. But he put his glasses back on, and now he's good again. He's just like, I've, I, some people ask him, like, what do you do during games? He goes, I just went out there without anything. <laughs> but now he's got his contacts back. <laughs> I, I needed I needed glasses for a really long time. Hated hated wearing them. And so like half the pictures from high school are just me like this, like squinting. Like trying to <laughs> trying to see. Um finally got them though. Should we bring back those large uh uh bulky rec specs with the big rims, the Eric Dickinson the goggles? Eric, Eric who? Eric Dickerson. Dickerson. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Uh didn't Walter did Walter Payton wear those t- two, I thought? Maybe. I don't know. Not the one they ask. Yeah, no. Uh Dickerson for sure. For sure. Uh yeah, bring them back, bring them back. Like, why not? Uh, I, <laughs> I, there there are some people that can't wear contacts. That wasn't there that guy who was on Hard Knocks last year, maybe like the running back for Houston. Yeah, that couldn't Dallas. Dallas could not. Well, then it wasn't. Yeah, it was last season. Uh, couldn't wear his glasses. Like, can't wear contacts. It was a running. Yeah, I think it was a running. They're like tooth. Like the his eyes are so bad that he can't wear contacts. Like there's with it. Like not there's not a prescription good enough for him or whatever. I don't know what the hell it was, but. Couldn't wear them, so he had to wear he had to wear the rec specs. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna need uh, contact or glasses when I'm when I'm older. My parents both got glasses in their early 40s, so it's natural that I'm gonna have to do it then. But at this point, I don't need them, which That's good. I'm I'm blessed with that. Uh, people are <laughs> people are continuing the jokes about Jefferson. I uh, posted he was playing football with a visor. <laughs> So everyone's like, he's playing with a visor. He can't see. I'm losing my mind. They're posting a picture of a very blurry uh, sign on a road <laughs> where you can only make out the big lights, but no words. And the caption is, Tony said, F it. I live over there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's good. Twitter, I, football's back. It feels good. Even if we're going crazy and, and reacting to uh, preseason special team stuff, it it feels good to have football back. I'm still in the point where I'm excited for the preseason because then when it starts, I start to think, oh, this is stupid. I want the regular season. But then college football comes. We head out to to uh, Ireland for Nebraska Northwestern. We don't. Which I, I will mentally. Yeah. No doubt be there. For sure. Uh, both in terms of beer consumption and football sense. Yeah. Uh, my Nebraska Cornhuskers. Your <laughs> Nebraska Cornhuskers and your favorite uh, road venue, uh Northwestern obviously they're not playing Northwestern but that's your favorite road venue for the Badgers to travel to I'm excited for this to see what the field in Ireland looks like yeah. and compare it to Ryan Field Ryan Field the, Pro- the grass is probably about the same <laughs> length right uh w- one NFL note that I don't think well Badger slash NFL note James White former Wisconsin running back also played extensively for the Patriots won a couple rings perhaps should have been the uh MVP of the Super Bowl when they came back from 28 to 3 retiring 
after mm. uh, this year. Went down with a, a nasty injury last year that, that ended his time, and he has uh, decided to call it quits. But one of the more underrated Badgers of all time. One of the more underrated NFL players yes, but of all time. Yeah. yeah, Was never the guy anywhere he went. He Even in high school, he played with Giovanni Bernard down in, in Florida. Really? In high school, yes. And so obviously was never the guy there. Giovanni Bernard goes to NC. He comes up here, was great as a freshman, but he still was over, then was overshadowed by Monte Ball the next two years, and then Mon- and then Melvin Gordon in 2013. Was never the guy, but obviously such a great, he was a winner, dude. He won, he won three Big Ten championships, won three Super Bowls, an absolute winner in both college and, and, and pro, and, and a really, really nice guy, too. Yeah, and uh, I, I want to get more on his career when we come back. Yeah, so ushered in, or was there to usher in the uh, era of the Big Ten West, which, you know, <laughs> very proud of him for being a trailblazer. He actually was not. Oh, he wasn't? That's a tough scene for you. Ugh. Legends and leaders. I uh, Whatever. Divisions in general. There you, <laughs> there go. you go. I'll settle there. Yeah. 877-867-1670. You want to chime in, do it. We'll talk more NFL when we come back, and we'll get into the Badgers a little bit. They're in camp. There are storylines there. We'll talk about them. I'm Ben Kenny. He's Zach Heilprin. We're in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. It is The Bill Michael Show. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Zach Heilprin. Talking Packers. I got a tweet here from from Matt. A terrific tweet. It is the video of one Chester Markle who we were talking about last segment. Chester Markle, his kick is blocked. It's blocked back into his hands. He ran it in for the game-winning touchdown. And then awesomely, according to Matt, uh, I have not fact-checked this, he revealed later that he was high on cocaine at the time. Uh, I'll give you the audio, and then we have a little point of, uh, point of contest here to bring up, but uh, Chester Markle sometime in the 70s, or maybe 1980. I don't know. Here it is. A 35-yard attempt by Chester Markle with David Beverly holding. It's blocked. Taken by Markle. Chester Markle. Chester Markle. Chester Markle takes it in. <laughs> It sounds like a like a damn horse race. Do you know that he was named the UPI, which is kind of like the AP Rookie of the Year that year? In 1980? 1972. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, 1980 was his last year with the Packers. Yeah. Um, I don't get, first of all. And you know what, do you know what, he sh- what his stats were that year? Go. 33 for 48. Oh. Yes. He went 8 for 16 between 40 and 49 yards. And this dude was the, he finished sixth in the MVP voting in the Associated Press. I'm running through the Packers stats from last year. Mason Crosby went 25 for 34, which is 73%. So, uh, Chess Markle never, in a full season, never was better than 68%. Oh, and this guy's in the Hall of Fame? Green Bay Packer Hall of Fame. I, I shouldn't take this stand. But I'm just going to outline my my thoughts on that. I think that's crap. <laughs> that's a joke. Yes, I agree. Uh, but uh, Mason Crosby, even last year, in a disastrous year for the special teams in the kicking game, 
still hit 73 and a half percent. So does that make Mason Crosby the best kicker of all time? In Green Bay Packers history? Well, he already is likely Green Bay Packer history, given my limited knowledge. He's the all-time leading scorer. He's been here forever. The guy who came before him was the all-time leading scorer, Ryan Longwell. The guy that came before him, Chris Jackie, was the all-time leading scorer. Like it, it yeah. kept on going and going and going. Um, I think Justin Markle was at some point. I don't know. Either way, I would say Mason Crosby's the best. Yeah. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Talking about uh, Packers special teams. That's how that name came up. Uh, talking Brewers today, but also. You mentioned that James White, former Badger running back, former Patriot, multi-time Super Bowl champion, should have won Super Bowl MVP that one time when they gave it to probably Brady or Edelman. They gave it to Brady. They gave it to Brady. Uh, He has retired from the NFL. And you were mentioning, I mean, a guy that just won. Like, no matter what he did, he was never the lead star of a team. But every single place he went, from Wisconsin to the New England Patriots, he just won. And I think you mentioned him as one of the more underrated Wisconsin backs of all time. I agree. I think he could be one of the more underrated NFL players ever. When you look through, I mean, they had a bevy of running backs come in and be the quote unquote number ones like LeGarrette Blount. There were different ones pretty much most of the years, but then there was always James White there. And whenever they got into crunch time, I think back to that Super Bowl. And then, I mean, all the other games that he was featured, it it was always him at the end of the game, it felt like. And to develop a connection that close with a quarterback like Tom Brady, he's going to elevate you, but also I would argue White elevated Brady in those spots. Having that outlet allowed Brady to do what what he did. Uh, So, yeah, he's retiring. Well, I'm I'm just thinking that Tom Brady, the big news today in the NFL, Tom Brady stepping away for personal reasons right now from Tampa Bay, they expect him back. Do you think he's stepping away because of James White retiring? Wow. This this hits hits that hard? He's taking the news that personally? Personally, baby. Interesting. I don't know. But no, James White is, as a Badger, 1,052 yards as a freshman, 713 as a sophomore, 806, and then 1444. Was never the leading rusher for Wisconsin in any of the, uh, excuse me, he led Wisconsin in rushing that first year. With 1,052, when they almost had three guys with over 1,000 yards. But he was never the guy. And yet, I still look back and be like, very, very important person in Wisconsin football history. Was part of three Big Ten championships, which not too many people can say. And anytime you put him in a spot, you you could count on him. Didn't fumble. Never fumbled. Uh, Especially in his pro career. Never fumbled. I just look at him and say, winner. When I think about about James White, he's a pure winner. It's weird, and maybe this is recency thing, but I can't really, or through Brady's career in New England, the second run of Super Bowls, you can't think about any of those without James White, where Brady had his kind of first act, and then there was that gap between Super Bowl wins, and then his second act, and then now I guess he's on his third. But I, it's, I, I can't, like, I haven't thought about the Patriots in a while without James White. And I guess he's been hurt, so he hasn't been on the field. It was hurt. He was hurt last year. Yeah, yeah. No, the uh, he was on the sideline for that New England um, Seahawks game, the one where they didn't run Legarrette, uh, not Garrett Blunt, Marshawn Lynch, Marshawn Lynch on the goal line. He was not active for that game, but he got his first Super Bowl ring that year. But he was important in the other two wins during his career there for sure. He was also there during one of the losses. Uh, yes. Know. Yep. He lost to another former Wisconsin running back. Corey Clement. Yes, who somehow came out of nowhere, had 100 receiving yards, 
and now has bounced around the rest of the NFC. Badgers just show up in the Super Bowl. What are you going to do? Yeah. Bo Allen was on that team as well. Chris Mayer goes. Uh, Speaking of running backs receiving, so a lot will be made this season about what Aaron Jones can do catching. Quite the transition. Thank you. Uh, It's actually a double transition. Listen to this. So a lot's going to be made about what Aaron Jones can do out of the backfield with Devontae Adams gone. How often does Rodgers look at him? And then the compliment of Dylan. But switching over to the other team in our state that James White played for, the Wisconsin Badgers. There's a lot of chatter around camp, uh, and there has been since the end of last year, of how Braylon Allen can get better. He's working hard to be a good receiver. He will not be the receiver to the caliber of James White, likely. That's Hall of Fame is too strong of a word, but that is Super Bowl winning stuff, I guess. But from your sense at Badger camp, and we'll get more into this as the 12 o'clock hour continues, what, what are you making of what the running back room could do catching the ball out of the backfield? Not only we know maybe what they'll look like running it, but catching it. I feel like get the running backs involved in the pass game is a top five cliche of fall camp. <laughs> what are the other four? Stop there. What are the other four? Uh, this guy's in the best shape of his life. Easy. <laughs> this guy's ready to take the next step. Okay. Um, like I haven't even thought about it. I haven't thought about it. The only thing I can think about right now is just the cliche of the running, the running backs getting involved in the pass game. It's almost a yearly conversation that we have. Uh, usually, usually it comes after like a big freshman season. Will the offense look to air it out? Yep. That's yep. the one I Will, like. The wide receivers getting more involved, getting the wide receivers <laughs> more involved, spread, spreading the ball around. More screens. Yeah. Like all that type of stuff. Uh, we need, is there going to be more motion? I see a lot more motion in the offense this year. Like all that cliche BS type of stuff. I'm not saying that that's what it's going to be for the running backs this year and catching the ball. But that is a top five cliche of fall camp for Wisconsin. It football. is a big cliche, but do I think now that's a, it is cliche. Now, do I think it's going to happen? And what have I seen in the lone practice that I was actually able to watch? They've only they've only opened up a practice in 30 minutes of, of camp so far. Usually we have about five or six practices right now, and I might have a better gauge on it. But there is certainly effort being put into it in individual drills. Rashid Ibrahim is back with the Badgers. He was a pretty good third down back for them uh, for one year in 2017. And he is back working with them. And we saw in practice the other day, a lot of time working in the past game, a lot of time, you know, running routes and him showing him exactly how they should be coming out of the backfield and that type of stuff in, in those routes. But I have no hell. I have no freaking clue whether that's actually going to amount to getting the ball in their hands more. It will. I, here's the thing. It will. If Graham Mertz is willing to take it, if Graham Mertz is willing to take what the defense gives him, which hasn't always been the case for him, but he was willing to dump it down, and get in the playmakers' hands. Those three guys, Ches Malusi, Braylon Allen, Isaac Arendo, all have an ability to, to make plays with the ball after they catch it. I am a big fan of overreacting to I, many things, but mostly the videos Wisconsin football posts on their Twitter account during fall camp. There's one that we'll talk about coming up next hour with a wide receiver, but there are also several appearances of said work with the running backs catching the ball. I I, I just think I, I'm not going to come out and say it's going to be a big part of the team, but I do think when you look at what Braylon Allen could do to elevate his game, that's one of the first things you point to where Jonathan Taylor brought that. And, and he's a hard person to be compared to, but Jonathan Taylor was able to catch the ball out of the backfield a little bit 
whether it was a design screen or whatever else. But that wasn't until his junior year. Like the, the talk coming out of his freshman year was, here, here, oh, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. He's learned the offense. He didn't even know the offense last year. <laughs> he's, he's, that, and that was the thing with Jonathan Taylor going into his sophomore year, 2018. Man, he was just running. He didn't even know what he was doing last year. And all of a sudden, he's got this year. He knows the offense. And then it was, oh, he okay, 2018, knew the offense, ran for 2,000 yards. Things are slowing down for him. 2019, yes, 2019, <laughs> 2019, he's going to add some pass. He's going to add himself in the pass game here. And he did. He was agree. huge. He did. But it wasn't that the way the first two years. Right. But I'm talking about how Braylon Allen can elevate. And, and that is the area I look at, aside from the durability but, I, I mean, we saw much more than we could ever have expected in the first year. So, <laughs> yeah, that is the uh, that one aspect that you might look to in the future. 877-867-1670. We'll talk about that more coming up. A lot of stuff from Badgers Fall Camp. The biggest camp cliches. We'll continue this. Coming up next, Ben Kenny, Zach Halpern, in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. It's a travel day today for the Packers as they head to Santa Clara to face the 49ers tomorrow night for their first preseason game. During yesterday's practice under sunny skies, it looked like Alan Lazard had beat Jair Alexander for a touchdown. But in the locker room, Jair claims that Lazard would have been tackled by safety Adrian Amos. No, 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 hold on, hold on. He didn't score. Smash was right there and tackling him. All right, so he didn't score. But I tried out some new cleats today. And I slipped, so you know it's over with for those cleats. But hats off to Lazar, he got his first catch in day 15 of camp. <laughs> now the Packers made some roster moves, re-signing running back Dexter Williams, and to make room, they released last year's long snapper Stephen Wortel, who was part of that infamous block punt in the playoffs against San Francisco. So that means rookie Jack Cook will have a chance to earn the long snapper's job tomorrow night. Stand up, set my hands, make sure my hands are set, be ready to go. That's that's my checklist i don't think about much i think about one thing and one cue get myself ready and i'm ready to play cook was teammates with seventh round pick safety Tariq carpenter at georgia tech where both played on special teams for the yellow jackets you know me and jack came in together so he's been a good friend of mine since 2017 uh dorms is right next to each other so me and him always had a good relationship he a great dude you know and i'm glad he's here with, with me that's packers rookie safety Tariq carpenter in green bay i'm mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels show. Welcome back. It is the Bill Michaels show. Quick segment here still yet to come. I have a blurb from a recent ESPN piece about Paul Christ and Braylon Allen. I'll tell you what it is. It raises a larger question uh, about Paul Christ that we will address coming up in the next hour. We'll talk about Badgers camp, some some thoughts there, some narratives taking away, one of them reaching a national stage when it comes to the wide receiver room. We will get into that, and then more Packers chatter, Brewers as well. NFL news, I mean, we're, we're loaded today. It's a good day. Uh, but when we come back, I, I have an ESPN blurb that I have to get to about a Braylon Allen interaction with head coach Paul Christ and a question I want to pose to the public. So 877-867-1670. You want to talk brewers, you can. 
Packers as well with the game coming up tomorrow. We're going to get into the Badgers coming up here. It's Ben Kenny and Zach Halpern in for Bill Michaels. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.